Want to support the show? How about becoming a Route 16 Grind Patreon today for as little as a buck a month? It's not just a contribution, but an investment goes directly to the show. Help this podcast expand and grow. Check out the show notes for the links to our Patreon page. This week on the Route 16 Grind, in the outdoor update, Ethan covers HR 5717. From the field, we'll feature part one of a new mini-series, How to Build Your Bow, Equipment, Essentials, the first steps. In on-target segment, Instructor 1 from Riker USA covers Everyday Carry Part 3, Bags. In the Rock, Mud, and Dirt, we're going to talk about events and supporting local businesses. Then we wrap it up with a cup of joe. Route 16 Grind, Episode 18. Go Loco! The Route 16 Grind is sponsored by Sea State Coffee, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, and Route 16 Off-Road. Grind, the podcast for outdoor adventurers. Each week, we bring you information related to off-road and outdoor activities. If you wheel, hunt, fish, overland, or are an all-around adventurer, this podcast is for you. Each week, we pour a cup of sea steak coffee and talk about informative topics, the gear, and the training that can help you have a successful outdoor adventure. We have amazing contributors and some great conversation. So, grab your cup and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, Ethan? How you doing, bud? What's going on, Brian? How are you this week? Uh, Doing good. So, y'all, thank you so much for coming back to the Route 16 Grind, episode 18. Uh, we have a lot to share with you. Um, we got a lot going on, too, right now, huh, man? We, we've got a lot going on, but we've got not a lot going on. We're, uh, we're on lockdown. <laughs> I gotta say, I've been pretty busy. I, I, I guess I'm one of those fortunate few, and I don't want to sound like that. But uh, the, the, the industry that, you know, I do my job job at, uh, we're pretty busy right now um, with supporting different things that are kind of going on. And I'm very fortunate about that. I've really hurt for a lot of the industry we see day to day that is not there. You know, the people when we go out to lunch. You know, the restaurants close. They just have a, a short staff. You know, the, the servers that would help us out, the people that would, you know, clean up after us. There, there's so many services like that that are, are not there. And we feel for you. Like, believe me, uh, it, it's sad for me to see all this kind of happening. But I really do believe we're going to get through this. Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, we're going to come out stronger as a nation. But like you said, I mean, I'm currently in the process of transitioning. So, um, you know, there's a slight lull. But, you know, with the things that we do to, you know, support our country, um, you know, uh, we can't take a day off. So we are fortunate. You're right that, you know, we do have employment, but a lot of people are hurting right now. And I do feel for, you know, many, many small business owners and, you know, even larger corporations alike that this is really impacting them, their livelihood, their families, and, you know, us as a economic country. It's a lot of things are at a standstill right now. And uh, my heart goes out to everybody through these times of turmoil. 
You know, and it's great that the, some of these businesses are really reaching out to the community. So, you know, if you got, you're out of work right now, I know in my local area, a lot of like the hardware area, hardware stores are hiring. Um, the supermarkets are really hiring uh, because they need people to do stocking and, and stuff like that at night to ensure that things are there because they're open, they're changing their hours, modifying things. Because I think in some areas are regulating the hours of how long they can be open and stuff. So there's, there is opportunities out there if that fits for you um and if not you know maybe it's a good time to try and uh, see if you can learn a new skill if there's something that might be out there there's a lot of education centers that are opening up their books and their libraries so there's been a lot of support and i know that sounds very positive and it might not sound that positive for someone who is like man i'm losing benefits i'm losing you know income but i i do feel that we will get through this um it may not be perfect to to all of our uh you know what we would feel we would uh, just think that perfect is but i think we will and um you know the, the big thing too is something we're going to talk about a little bit later is this is where we kind of take those times to kind of look at what's really important important and find out how good our circle is absolutely brian you said it best we appreciate your posts and feedback. One of the best ways to help out the show is to post a five-star review with your feedback on Stitcher or Apple Podcast. This helps us grow on the Route 16 Grind audience, and we also get a chance to hear from you. So if you love the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Stitcher and Apple Podcast today. The Outdoor Update is brought to you by Tuffy Security Products. Having your vehicle broken into is not a laughing matter. Trust Tuffy Security Products to stop opportunistic thieves. Tuffy is the industry leader in automotive security and provides peace of mind when you walk away from your rig. Durable and easy to install. Tuffy Security Products has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for you to organize your rig and secure your gear. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. Remember to lock it up. Welcome back to the Outdoor Update. This is the weekly segment where we provide you with stories, news, and information from the recent going-ons in the outdoor world. This week, I felt compelled to cover the gun ban HR 5717. What are some of the components of it and what it can mean for our nation during these hard times. I tell you what, I like to relax. I like to scour some YouTube, some of my social media accounts, and I have saw a lot of recent attention on this HR 5717. So with that, I did some of my own research and hopefully I can just bring you guys some of the cliff notes and compel you to go out there and formulate your own opinions. And if you feel compelled, write your congressman about it. So This is a bill that is not, it's really recently stirred some attention, but it was formulated around late January. And it's just another assault weapon ban. Folks, this is nothing new. Uh, We see these things, you know, every so often they'll surface. But uh, unfortunately, right now we're undergoing a crisis as a nation. We have a uh, virus pandemic that has allocated a lot of, you know, stalled time for people to uh, get involved with this. And there are some really big names out there that on both ends of the spectrum are putting out some pretty extreme views. So 
I just wanted to bring, you know, a, like I said, a couple of the cliff notes and let you know where you can find uh, the information to formulate your own opinion through it. Um, a lot of people are getting out there saying it's trying to be pushed through quickly, uh, that it's a public safety measure, and that's just not true. These things do take a lot of time, folks, and, you know, you know that. Right now, it's just a federal bill that's been presented to the House. However, you know, it has gone no farther than that. Um, let's through my notes here. Uh, the whole bill is actually uh, pretty expansive, um, and you can go to congress.gov to see that, uh, or just simply Google HR 5717. Um, some of the highlights of it, it's requiring that you obtain a federal license to buy and or keep firearms and ammunition, uh, which would entail things like attending a live fire range, um, as well as you know a written evaluation. So if you maybe in your state or definitely in North Carolina, um, to even obtain a concealed carry permit, you have to go through uh, similar rigors. But, um, you know, that's one of the things that this bill is presenting. Um, it would be illegal to possess or acquire a firearm without that said name license. Uh, that's another aspect. So, you know, there's a lot of gray areas with this too. That presents, you know, the argument of, well, if I can't, touch or obtain a firearm, how am I going to either practice or utilize, you know, a weapon to do these courses? So there's a lot of things like that. They're proposing like a 30%, you know, tax, a federal tax on all firearms sold. And that would be an additional to your state tax, uh, 50% up tax on ammunition, um, you know, folks, that honestly, like anything else, this is really only punishing the law abiding citizens. So, you know, criminals and, uh, you know, nefarious activities, crimes, they're, I, they're still going to persist, you know, uh, with this. Uh, they want to restrict, restrict Americans of Second Amendment rights. I mean, that there's they, they want to make an algorithm that is uh, constructed a database to track gun owners uh, and their weapons that they purchase. Um, there's there's a lot of. There's a lot of things that I just don't see how that, you know, they're going to, um, you know, execute those things. A couple other cliff notes that I, uh, you know, wrote down was seven day waiting periods, red flag purchases. 21 will be the new standard to buy any type of firearm, two guns per month. Uh, and then ultimately an assault weapons ban, which, you know, that again, this is nothing new silencers, assault weapons, uh, to include restricting, um, magazine capacities and semi-automatic weapons. So, um, there's, there's some good that could come out of this. There's some bad that could come out of this, but you know, ultimately folks don't, don't jump on any type of extreme bandwagons and definitely do your research you know think about what uh positives and negatives this would propose and uh, ultimately if you feel compelled and if you have a point to bring to the table you know feel free to write your congressman and ultimately just get educated and you know be a be a part of the cause if you uh feel you know compelled to do so either way i'm looking at the bill right now just like we have done before in the show uh, with other bills, you can go to congress.gov and you can just type in HR 571 
in the search and you'll bring up this bill and it'll give you all the details and all you got to do is scroll down you're like hey what was covered and it starts all the way down to title one and goes all the way down firearms licensing background check reform firearm possession extreme risk protection orders assault weapons and firearm silencers and mufflers ban assault weapons ban firearm trafficking dealer reform industry reform there's a lot of stuff in here the sections go up to a thousand one as far as the sections themselves they start at like, you know, essentially, you know, one and go all the way up. You really need to dive into this, get involved, talk to your representative specifically on your opinion of this. Some of you feel that there does need, there needs to be some form of reform when it comes to firearms. You know, people like myself feel it's, it's, it's you're right. I mean, who no one should tell you, you can't defend yourself. And we could go have a whole entire different podcast and talk about these type of things. But you need to dive into this. You need to look at it. And you not do not need to listen to fear mongers on the left. And you don't need to listen to fear mongers on the right. You need to dive into this and read this yourself. The person that sponsored it is Mr. Johnson from Georgia, representative. Um, I believe he's out of uh, District 4 in Georgia. And then the other people are Kennedy Quigley Brown of Maryland. Uh, there's Morell Delarno, Maloney of New York. Keating, Lynch, Mulchin, Presley, Tran, or I might be saying it wrong, Trahan, McGovern, uh, Danny Davis of Illinois, and then uh, Clark, Neal, and Pasquale, Pasquale from Massachusetts. You really need to dive into this. Yeah, I, I can't say that enough because it will be a trickle effect. We're, right here in the show, we talk about hunting a lot. Well, some people like to use firearms when they go hunting. That will affect you, and it will just trickle on down. I don't feel this is something that's going to be passing the dark of night. I don't feel this is something that um, someone's just going to throw a wool over our eyes and all these fear-monger tactics. But I, it is sitting in a committee. It is there. You need to approach your representative, your elected uh, representative, and let them know how you feel about this. And that goes with anything. And you don't have to take Ethan's opinion, my opinion, whatever. Take the opinion of what is written and how you formulate your own. That's where I'm coming from. That's exactly it, Brian. And I appreciate that because, you know, all I wanted to do was, like I said, that over the, you know, recent past here, a lot of people were sitting at home. I understand cabin fever. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that a lot of people are presenting extreme views uh like you said on both ends of the spectrum so i felt it was something good to bring to the attention that hey this is out there uh formulate your own opinion positives and negatives to both aspects but you know like you said said it best don't listen to fear tactics you know on either extreme so just go out there folks formulate your own opinion do the research uh congress.gov hr 5717 the Red Warren Badge says you're equipped to handle anything, ready to conquer any challenge that may come your way. That badge has stood for off-road excellence for more than 70 years. During that time, we haven't stopped innovating or striving for perfection. Be ready. Be prepared. Go Warren. We 
When you hear the calls, you know we have a report from the field. This week, I'm super excited to start a multi-part series on how to build your bow, and I am hoping to share some of my pro tips and tricks and give you the necessary information to be an efficient at-home bow tech. I am not going to lie. I am so pumped to do this segment because obviously, hey, subject matter expert, I'm just going to call it. (laughs) And I am passionate about the world of archery. And one of the things is, is right now we have lockdown, some of us, most of us, and you got cabin fever. And what better time in the off season to bust out that bow, knock the dust off and shoot it, set it build it and maybe even make some improvements maybe uh maybe you're going to learn something or maybe you can do something a little bit different than what your local pro shop does i know my local pro shop's closed obviously doing the responsible thing uh minimizing the spread of infections etc but for many people um you know that's their main resource to have any type of adjustments or even minor tunes done to their bow um And I want to present to you just how easy it is and how cost efficient it can be to be your own at home, you know, bow shop. Uh, It might be daunting at first. You see a lot of these pro shops. There's, you know, a thousand dollar presses. There's, you know, boxes of arrows. There's there's these guys that are doing things at the speed of light. And you're like, man, what are you doing? And I don't think not to knock them, but enough people take the time to share the knowledge necessary in order to be efficient to do this yourself. Um, you know, you can go to the rifle range and you can make a couple minute of angle clicks here or there and you can get, you know, pretty efficient shooting long distance with a rifle. I get that. But so many people don't even really know the complexities behind shooting a bow. So, First off, I want to go over what do you need? What do you need? What is important? What is essential to have at home to make those adjustments or to even redo and reset and, you know, restructure your whole uh, system? And this is uh, compound bows, folks. I'm not I will get into traditional setups uh, for those of you purists out there who do, you know, shoot stick bows for those of you who do have long bows, recurves, etc. I can do a different segment on those types of things. But right now we're going to focus on the compound bow. And my first essential item is a bow press. Now, uh, last chance archery is who I use. Um, And I I love their bow presses, both their mechanical and their electrical bow presses. Now, a bow press is something that you may or may not have saw has uh, two little fingers that might uh, compress the ends, the limbs of your bow. Um, So that is one of the main things that you're going to want to have. Now, I will be honest. I first started off with a G5, I believe the brand was. And it is essentially just a cable press system. So if you can imagine, it has the same fingers that would harness the limbs of the bow, and it just has a winch system in the middle. So you can attach it to your bow, and very quickly and very affordably, I think I paid less than 30 bucks. Um, you can crank down that bow. And with this, you can do several things. You can move what's called your peep sight, which is the apparatus that you look through and you focus on your pins, which would be your sight on the riser, which the riser is the, you know, middle part, the heart of the bow. Uh, You can also 
you know, do yoke tuning. We'll get into a lot of these more complex things in uh, later segments of this mini series. But my first tool that you're going to want to look into, Mild to Wild, a G5 uh, cable bow press, around 30 or 50 bucks, all the way up to the last chance archery electric press. You know, you're looking at about a thousand bucks, but it's going to be the last one you ever buy and a very essential tool to tuning your bow. Uh, next one, very cost efficient. I think Amazon, maybe three to five dollars levels. So what you do is you're leveling out your bow. So one of the first things that you do when you're tuning your bow is you're going to put your bow and the third most essential tool, which is a bow vise. A bow vise is something that is mounted onto a countertop, a, ta- a workstation. And that is essentially what clips onto your bow limb and you're able to work on your bow. So when you put it in your bow vise, you level it out. You put an arrow on it. You're going to level that out with something called a burger button on the riser. And you're essentially just going to get an equilibrium of where that arrow needs to rest on your bow. From there, you can tie in D-loops, serving, etc. My fourth most essential item is a fletching jig and you can get some cheaper boning archery ones starting anywhere from 20 to 40 bucks all the way up to you know some more complex again last chance archery i do enjoy their products uh i personally use bits and burger it was about 70 dollars. you can get a professional grade fletching jig and what that does is that puts veins or arrows which is your steering mechanism on the end of the arrow um you got some T-handles, which you might even have an Allen key set. So some of these things you might even have around. They're not even, you know, specific to archery. Um, you're going to need a target, obviously, to start tuning your bow. Um, an aerosol. This is not necessarily essential. I would say that it was one of the last upgrades I made to my little pro shop. But, you know, most of the time these archery pro shops are for free. You'll say, hey... I want them cut to 27 inches. I have a 28-inch draw length, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll run in the back and cut them for free. So something around 100 to 150 bucks. not necessarily maybe the first purchase you buy, but definitely a nice-to-have in your home archery shop. And then you're going to need a paper tuner. So I will do a complete segment on paper tuning if y'all request it. It's something that I live by. I really subscribe to. And what paper tuning is, is just like it sounds. You've got paper. Essentially think of like a wax baking paper. And you are hanging it taunt in a frame. And you shoot your arrow through it into your target behind it, roughly from the distance of about 8 to 12 yards. And what this does is it shows any minor imperfections in arrow flight. Now, again, I can go way in depth with this into bear shaft tuning and how to yoke tune based off of rest and yoke tune based off of, you know, your arrow flight pattern and what the paper shows that is indicative of your arrow travel. Now, you can make I made mine out of PVC. There are hundreds of DIY um platforms that you can base it off of a quick pdf search or a quick google search will give you a pdf they make arrow tuning stations as well as there's some cheap routes that i mean my first arrow tuning station was ten dollars it was a little paper target that was in the shooting section of walmart 
you can literally use anything to just hold an apparatus to hold a piece of paper to shoot through it to show you exactly what your arrow flight pattern is exiting the bow and then hey your build it can be as easy or as difficult as you make it get that bow out take your stuff off of it you know fine-tune what you may have what may has given you success for the last however many years and i'm here for you guys along the way um if we want to if we need to get into specifics if you want me to do a video segment on from scratch how to build your bow um, i'm open to suggestions and these are just some of the essential tools that you can take a look at amazon ebay uh archery talk is a good forum that once you get on there, they actually have a uh, Craigslist-style uh, buy-barter trade with other local archers. So those are great places to start your collection. And these are some of the you know, easy-to-get, uh, pretty cost-efficient, well under 500 bucks if you, uh, you know, if you start to just slowly progress and get some of the essential tools. And these are the things that can make you a very efficient uh, at-home bow tech. Yeah, Ethan, that was a lot of information uh, there. For me personally, I go to the local shop here and have them do everything. But you know what? There, there's there's some things I probably could dive into. Appreciate uh, that guidance. And I'm going to check out some of those videos myself and see what I can do at home. Uh, why not? Absolutely. And there's always room for improvement because my biggest thing, and even before I got into the competitive archery scheme... You don't always get it right with 15 minutes, an hour at the bow shop. And, and, and you know, that it, it is so gracious that they're, allocate that they're able to allocate that time. But you might not feel well that day. You might see things a little bit differently. I mean, think about it. You didn't sight in, you know, your favorite hunting rifle one time and one time only. But think about how many times yeah, you've did. been to the pro shop. I'm Maybe joking, once man. initially to set up your bow. I'm joking, man. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, man. I just threw you all off, didn't I? No, you're fine, Brian. I mean, like I said, uh, that was my biggest thing. There's when I first started out, there was wait times. You know, you might get uh, 15 minutes to an hour's worth of time with that technician at the bow shop. And I just think that it's something that is not only relaxing and enjoyable, but something that can also make you more proficient as an archer and more humane as a hunter, more efficient as a predator in the woods. So definitely something I compel people to get involved with, to be more informed about. And like I said, it's kind of hard. I just want to give you guys an as an audience a basis for maybe some of you that want to get involved for maybe some of you that might have some previous knowledge but we definitely are looking into making some video segments and i would love to do a full tutorial on like you know from bare bones how to set up a bow well i think too just this is the summary of it especially right now with everyone uh, dealing with you know stay at home whatever being self-supporting because the archery store isn't open right now and i want to go do some uh modifications maybe i want to restring my bow maybe it needs it i didn't get it in there early enough being able to know how to do all that yourself uh the tweaks the tunes and whatnot even the repairs if you will uh it's just good to know self-supporting is always a good thing you got it we'd like to feature your success in outdoor adventure so shoot us the pics over to us with a brief story route16.com and select contact that's r-o-o-t-o-n-e-s-i-x.com and select contact on target 
Welcome to our On Target segment, where you receive the inside scoop on brands, products, and training that can help you step up your hunt and range game. This week, Ron from Riker USA covers a part three of everyday carry bag selection. What's up, everybody? It's Ron with Riker USA coming to you this week on the Route 16 Grind podcast with your on-target practical tactical tip of the week. Now, first off, I want to say I hope everybody's faring well with this coronavirus thing we got going on. Just stay stay with it. Stay the course. Be prepared. Wash your hands and don't touch your face and, uh, you know, help help someone out that is in, is in need. So let's pick up with our EDC uh, segment. The first week we had clothing selection. If I carry this, can I wear that? If I wear that, can I carry this? That was followed by holster selection, types of holsters, body type, things to take into consideration when choosing your holster. The next we're going to talk about is other ways to carry if you can't wear a holster on what your attire, you know, your work uh, requirement is for what you have to wear. A great example would be a woman who wears a business suit, a pantsuit, or a skirt suit to work is probably going to have a difficult time having a concealed holster, whether it be in the small of her back or apex, if she has to wear like this type of attire. So the other option, the alternative for them is to use their handbag uh, or you can use a briefcase or a backpack. It all depends. Depends on what you do and what your job calls for, for what you have to wear. There are a lot of companies out there that make handbags for women specific to hold holsters and pepper spray and knives and all these things. So, you know, just dig in. I don't have a brand specific. I know for my wife, we actually have a uh, uh, tension retention holster Velcroed into a pocket inside her coach bag with her her, uh, Glock 19 in there. And it is, uh, it's in there and it actually is going to take some, you know, a little bit, uh, uh, a hard pull to get it out. It is not going to fall out. And that's one of the things that you want to focus on, on your bag is the, you know, the weapons retention, but you also need to practice just like you go to the range and you practice shooting, you know, coming from the holster. If that's how you carry 90% of the time, you need to take your handbag to the range, your briefcase to the range, your backpack to the range, and you need to practice shooting and, you know, retrieving the pistol and engaging from the bag. Now there are half a dozen quality companies out there right now that are making backpacks that have a level 3a uh, ballistic panel in them and this is uh this is you know this is the world we live in guys they make them for kids uh, one company that i work with is pack protect and uh, i've actually done some testing with their 18 ounce uh, panel and i gotta tell you what it's um it's probably the lightest level 3a thing i've, I've uh you know ballistic panel I've ever felt and this thing stopped everything 357 40 uh, 44 mag 45 49 mil and 556 and shotgun also so anyway, so these things, these things are considered. So now you can have, uh, you can also have a shield or a set of body armor in your backpack, also with your holster. And again, medical kit. I know we've already talked about that, but if you're carrying a bag and you don't have some type of individual first aid kit in your purse, in your in your uh, backpack, in your briefcase, you are messing up by the numbers. <clears throat> Weapons retention is huge. If you are attacked and someone is coming after you and you have an expensive handbag. 
bag or an expensive looking backpack and they know there's probably high value items in there like a laptop, a wallet, you know, a phone. This thing that's the thing they're going to be going for. So you have to be the responsible gun owner and make sure that you keep the best weapons retention that you can. That's not just talking about the retention that we talked about with the holsters, you know, tension, retention, level two and level three type holsters. That is talking about you having the wherewithal and the spiritual fitness to retrieve your pistol and maintain your property while being able to defend yourself. And like I mentioned last week, you are when it comes time for you to draw your pistol. You're already behind a power curve. You're reacting. Nine times out of ten, you are reacting to a situation, to a decision that was made that you had no input on at all. So weapons retention, being a responsible gun owner is super important. Say you get to an office and you're not going to carry your your pistol around or your handbag around with you, but you're going to leave your handbag, your briefcase, your backpack, and your wallet. You know, it's, it's your responsibility to to ensure the safety and security of that. So there's little desk safes and safes that's something, you know, and they're relatively inexpensive. Vault-Tec is a brand that I have been using for the last two years. Really like their products. Uh, solid company. I believe they're out of Texas. And um, they, they, they have like a variety of safes uh, all the way up to, you know, tall closet safes to small portable safes that you can, uh, you know, put in your checked luggage. That is being a responsible gun owner on every front. Weapons retention is not just the holster. It's about when you, you're you not in your office. And that last thing that you want to do is to come back at the end of the day, pick up your backpack, pick up your handbag, check all your stuff and find your gun has been stolen. It is a horrible feeling. I've had a car broken into and had a pistol, a beautiful pistol, a $1,400 pistol, custom pistol stolen out of my car. And I was sick to my stomach for weeks uh, on that, trying to find it, trying to help the cops find it, and it was never found. So, responsible gun owners, you know, you, you've got to make you got to make good decisions, especially if children are around. Remember, it is a federal law. Any anybody under the age of eighteen is in in a house in a building. There's a firearm there that is not on your person. It needs to be locked. That can have a cable lock or it can be in a safe. So check out check out Voltec. Check out some other options. There are some female um, specific companies out there that make corsets that have built-in holsters in them and leg garments or garters that you have types of holsters that you can wear with a skirt. Uh, and all these these uh, you know a lot of, a lot of options out there for women uh, that might want to carry concealed on their person. But just remember, any way that you carry, you have to practice. You have to rehearse. You got to get them those those dry fire reps and then remember the best thing about dry fire practice it's free it doesn't cost you anything so um that was a lot of information pretty quick right there again you guys uh you guys get a hold of me if you got any questions suggestions or anything you guys want to talk about training and uh well i will talk to you guys next week and we're going to continue on with uh some more uh everyday carry talking about left-handed and right-handed shooters and driving, sitting, and things to consider. So uh, train safe, train smart, train with a purpose. Stay safe, wash your hands, don't touch your face. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Ethan. That was a, a lot of info. I know was, uh, we talked about this. This we talked about before the show is talking about some of this and the, the cup of Joe, but 
a lot of things I, I want to probably bring to attention. Uh, Ron kind of summarized. There's a lot of things out there that you could look at. Uh, Voltec, uh, one way to secure. Uh, they have great products out there. V a u l t e k. They have some great products out there that you can utilize depending on your setting, your environment, your lifestyle, uh, how you carry uh, your handgun weapon. You know, we also uh, sell uh, Tuffy Security products. Uh, they have safes that you can put under your car seat in your dash. Uh, in your trunk, uh, law enforcement use them, but on the in the person carry, we he touched on with women. Uh, one of the there's so many different options. I will tell you this: this is one that me, Brian, I endorse. Uh, if 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 I was a woman, I would absolutely carry a handgun this way. There's a brand called Flashbang. And, and they have a bra holster and you can go to flashbang store, all one word.com. And you can see their story. Uh, they were like a NRA product of the year a few years ago. I, I met the, this group out at, at shot show a few years ago and totally impressed by the product, totally impressed by the people running it. It's ladies own, um, women own, uh, business. And it is really cool. And it gives, uh, uh, women another option, another way. And I'm just going to tell you, go check it out. I'm not going to elaborate any further than that. They make a variety of different ones, belts, clip-ons, et cetera. Check it out. And if if you're a woman that is looking for a different option, and maybe the bag's not working for you, check out Flashbang. They are awesome. And then we'll put some links in for Tuffy and Voltec as well, so you can check those out. But that was a lot of info, Ethan. I mean, I just love every week, Ron, what he brings to us and to our listeners. They still make corsets. That's a thing. Women wear those. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of different, like there's a lot of elastic bands. There's so many different uh, things out there how people carry it. So you might've seen the ones that go around the waist, like the bands that go around. They make those for around the thigh as well. That is an option. Uh, there's ones that are wraps. Uh, I seen a brand, if you go, I used to work with a company that, you know, they were trying to, they were doing the Kydex thing when everybody was building Kydex. I worked with them for a while. So I, I got really in tune with a lot of different holsters and manufacturers. And if you can thank it, there's a way to carry it out there. I assure you. I guess when I hear the word corset, I think of like 1800 saloon. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, they'll uh, they'll design them how you want. I mean, a lot of these things, some of them are actually custom made for you. It's not just so it might be one of those, but specifically designed and made for carrying a, a gun and, and maybe a mag. Okay, that's 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 my light note. On a, on a more serious note, I would be completely I, I would be disappointed in myself if I didn't say it. I am so torn with uh, women's concealed carry because I, I understand that there is a different dynamic when you want to conceal carry. And I fully 100% support that uh, in your everyday carry uh, support system. But weapons retention to me is a big thing. And obviously, it's beaten to your head in different types of trainings. But with that... Uh, like he said, you know, you got a coach bag, you've got, uh, you know, your everyday carry in there. And what are people going to go for first? A expensive coach bag with nice belongings in it. So I know there are measures that you can take, but, you know, that that mugging, hey, take your purse and run off and then your weapon's gone. Um, so you do have to have situational awareness, maybe even more so. But I, I just... I would rather see the weapon, like you said, 
brawl holster that is a great idea obviously there are some other uh, considerations to take for uh, appendix carry uh, outside the waistband inside the waistband for females that you know may not be as appealing for the way that they dress or the way that you know they might have you know their everyday lives it just may not be conducive but you know i i strongly am against you know uh, it purse carry i know it's right on your body but it is not a part of your body so it is something that's easily targeted so i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just if you if you have other options or if you can avoid it i would say do so just because it's not that it's not as close or not attached to your body so there's just there's that measure there that that's that that variable is gets to me yeah i mean i think it really just comes down to one word responsibility um i I feel and and like how ron said how you carry it is, is how you train so you're in the mindset of where that bag is at and i'm pretty sure when someone goes to the gym they they might not be carrying that real high end person might be carrying something different i mean there's so many different options so many different settings and so many different individual training sets um me i'm big in redundancy and stuff so we can probably go on this and i know ron could talk i mean he does this for a living um so he could go on and on about it as well i I think the big summary that he provided how you carry it whatever you choose whatever you make sure you train with it and you know be responsible you're right that that's the most important thing practice like you're going to play and be responsible uh take accountability and just have situational awareness at all times and that goes for everything in life Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I hope everybody's well and safe with this coronavirus thing going around. Uh, I didn't really take it too seriously. I thought the media was just hyping it up until I tried to go to Taco Bell, and uh, the dine-in was closed, and they had the drive-thru was wrapped around, and they had about a 45-minute wait. That's uh, when the coronavirus really started affecting my lifestyle. So, all kidding aside, I hope everybody's okay. Uh, check in on your neighbors, even if uh, they don't need anything or nothing you can do for them. Just, just the thought that the old lady down the street has somebody looking out and thinking about it. We'll do, we'll do them good, especially if it's shut in. And uh, no joke this week, but I will say that when this uh, virus thing is over. What's going to be everybody else's excuse for staying away from me now? <laughs> I'm so lonely. All right, guys, uh, keep up the good work, and I'll chat you later. Goodbye. Maybe someone needs to go by and check on Nikki G. I have to give him a call uh, this week. But yeah, he, I, in all seriousness, I like the words that he shared about checking on your neighbors, um, specifically uh, your older neighbors and stuff, and making sure they're okay. Uh, they're very much at a high risk with all this going on. And uh, yeah, really good words this week, Nick. Yeah, honestly, I mean, on a serious note, yes, take care of take care of your neighbors, take care of the your loved ones, be responsible, follow the uh, sanitary guidelines. But I gotta say, you know, I diet pretty hard. Uh, I, I keep my macros in check, so we don't really have what you would consider a cheat meal much. But I will say we were out, and the missus, one of her favorite meals is Taco Bell, if you're going to cheat. And I tell you, we stopped at Taco Bell. Now, 
obviously dining areas are closed and this is just a little anecdote like i said i have I, i'm i'm big diesel i'm big lifted diesel group um i don't not in the group uh the jeep group but there was like a max height for the drive-through which was uh, nine feet or something and i'm i'm a little over that it's uh, there's a nine inch uh, full throttle suspension lift on my truck and uh i've got 14 uh, inch wide rims and 37 so i wasn't fitting through there regardless uh i will offer you this it is illegal to walk through a drive-through because Believe me, we tried. <laughs> uh, so not only was there a 45-minute wait at our local Taco Bell, but we were unable to get it due to the drive-through uh, limitations. So little anecdote for you guys. But, uh, yeah, he hit it straight on the head. You know, the, the drive-throughs are packed these days with the dining areas closed. But, you know, all seriousness, uh, take care of your neighbors. Take care of the people down the streets that may not have the option to get out there and you know that maybe the transportation maybe they need some essential items so just check on your your neighbors your loved ones and take care of everybody and uh if you're hitting the drive-through make sure you're going to fit number one but number two be prepared to wait in the rock mud and dirt is brought to you by warren industries at warren we pour our effort and our thirst for adventure into every product we make You better believe American pride runs deep here in Clackamas, Oregon. Here, a small army of engineers, technicians, machinists, and assemblers design and refine worn products, bringing them as close to perfection as possible. Their work is backed up by legendary quality control that doesn't just stand up to rigid worn standards. It lives up to the toughest demands of the world's top vehicle manufacturers and military suppliers. How do we know? Because they've partnered with Warren for decades. This quest for peerless reliability, this worn difference, will be around as long as Warren Industries is in business. At least another 70 years. Go prepared. Go worn. Welcome to the Rock, Mud, and Dirt the segment where I talk about the people, brands, products, and events from the off-road world. This week, we are going local. So one of the things I want to cover this week is talking about the local businesses right now. They are really the ones that are helping us have the items, um, have the peace of mind that we're going to have the items that we need when everything's kind of shutting down, closed the, the go-tos that we normally go through every day. And I'm so appreciative of that. And these are the things, the small mom and pop shops, the local hardware stores, even the gas stations. Think about when you're trying to find that last roll of toilet paper, a hand sanitizer, and you're going through the gas stations. And don't tell me you didn't because you probably did. But all these places, and they're every day they're still there. Every day, they're still there making sure they have stock and whatnot. Think about the local farms. A lot of local farms supply our restaurants. Restaurants are closed or they're limited staff or they're just doing the drive-in delivery. They're not having the volume of customers, clientele they normally would have. Well, those local farms have a little, little. they still need to be supported. So go out there. Maybe you want to get some ground meat, go to your local farm. What about eggs? You maybe not, you may not can find those. Uh, and I'm thinking about some of your, your more urban centers. Uh, fortunately, where, where I live at, it's kind of country and we're very, we have so much agriculture around us. So we, we, we're pretty good. When you're really looking at those things like, hey, you know, I wish I could get some more of this or that, think local, look at some of these farmers and what they provide. 
and provide them business as well. Um, these are the people that are helping keep us connected, keep us fed, keep us supplied during this period. The, the mega stores, uh, they're doing their best, but a lot of supply chains are broke. A lot of products aren't coming in. So where do you have to go? So think about these local people that are taking care of us right now. I really appreciate it. Along with that, look at events that you attend this year. Now, a lot of large events have been canceled. Now, in the off-road world, a lot of the large events happen the beginning of the year because all of the aftermarket, all the big brands, all you know the uh, the car manufacturers, they want to come out there with the newest and they want to flash it. They want to show it off. It's kind of like you get the SEMA show at the end of the year a little bit, and then comes up with the bigger events and all that. Your beach events, your you know Easter Jeep Safari, etc., to kind of show things off, get people together and whatnot. Now that those have been canceled because of what's going on with this virus, they're going to possibly push this off to later in the year. Later in the year, some of your bigger local events happen when the season starts winding down. So that's something to kind of really think about when you're considering maybe taking that road trip. Now, I'm not by any means telling you not to take a road trip, take on an adventure, go do that one. Hey, you know, on my bucket list, I want to hit, you know, uh, this, that, uh, you know, Jeep Beach and whatnot. I'm not knocking on those events. But kind of look at your local event area within your umbrella. For me, uh, I consider like Outer Banks Jeep Jam and Topsail Island uh, Jeep Week would be, even though it's a little couple hours away, I still would consider that local. Because these events, because of what's going on, those economies are being strained in those areas. These are a lot of small businesses that go there. We really need to try and support them as much as possible. For me, this year, I'm really focusing on how can I re-engage with some more local events? How can I push people towards those? Because these are the people right now that are helping you out. These are the people. I see these clubs right now uh, resourcing and getting food to people that can't go out and get it themselves. That's one of the most amazing things I saw when all was going down to find out that our elderly uh, couldn't get out to the store to buy their basic needs because by the time they got there the stuff was gone and these clubs are like hey we'll go out there and we'll get this stuff let give us a list we'll go shopping anybody needs it you're seeing all these resources from that and that's an amazing thing so maybe during this whole coronavirus experience you kind of found out you might you personally need to grow your circle of support uh, maybe you need to make some new friends some good friends uh, maybe you're inspired by others and, you know, you you yourself want to become more involved as a volunteer within your community. Well, all these clubs, groups, there's numerous positive organizations. Each one of them has room for you. So just like now, when you're in need of something, think local first. You're already there. You already know your way around. And guess what? Local is where it's at. You said it 100%. And I mean, I have always been a huge supporter and I've always been an advocate for being self-sustaining. Um, uh, even if you have a six chicken coop in your backyard and you get six eggs a day, um, I think it's very important that, you know, as a hunter, as a conservationist, uh, you know, as a just just an all around like self-sustaining person if you can have a garden if you can you know if your area your neighborhood your homeowners association allows that uh you know to be able to have chickens to get 
to reap those benefits, to have eggs, uh, you know, to to have fresh vegetables, to hunt, to be able to provide for your friends, your family um, it, during times like these and have those organic, you know, meats. I think that is a blessing. And I think that is something that is so rewarding. But like you said, hey, help out your local people. So uh, uh, in my youth, I actually worked um, for my grandfather. We had a, uh, a beef cattle farm. So I was introduced to the agricultural spectrum. Um, I actually worked for a gentleman who owned a dairy supply company. So my eyes were opened to just how much work goes into, you know, the, the dairy industry, all of your your milks, your eggs, your cheeses. Uh, these guys are working really hard and they're not getting rich. So, but they love it. And that's what their family has done for the last 250 years or more. So, especially in times like these, you know, make sure you're supporting your local farmers because, like Brian said, you know, who's still open? Who still is able to sustain the economy? Because, you know, it's a ghost town in a lot of these big box stores. So, you know, make sure you're supporting, make sure you're able to be, you know, self-sustainable if it's applicable to your lifestyle and, you know, just take care. Want to be on the show? Maybe share with us some interesting hunting, fishing, overlanding, wheeling, or adventuring news? Then give us a call at Route 16 Grind Hotline at 919-694-3356 and maybe you will be on our next show. Since 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the industry leader in automotive security. Tuffy has a variety of vehicle-specific consoles, drawers, and lockboxes. Tuffy manufacturers adventure-ready organization and security for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. The Cup of Joe segment is brought to you by Seasteak Coffee. Have you ever actually drank good coffee? Stop wasting your money on old, stale coffee from the store and make the switch to Seasteak Coffee. Seasteak Coffee is a United States Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated roastery selling premium coffee that's roasted on order and delivered fresh to you. Order your coffee today at www.seasteakcoffee.com. Hey, y'all, I want to put a disclaimer out there right now. This is probably not one of our better podcasts. I know Ethan and I both are kind of occupied with... I've been really busy. I know Ethan has been busy and then putting this together. And there's like, yeah, we're... This show, I'm hoping that you got a lot out of it. But uh, yeah, we we got a lot going on and we're just trying to get in sync and balance this whole uh, Corona stuff too. And... But one of the things that we kind of want to talk about probably a little bit more is that uh, HR 5717, get involved, get involved with it. Um, Ethan, thank you so much for bringing that on the show, man. Yeah, that was essentially my message. Hey, I'm not giving you my opinion uh, uh, or anybody, you know, that (laughs) there, there shouldn't be an extreme view either or. But if you feel compelled Again, that that that's my pet word for this uh, podcast is compelled. Uh, <laughs> get involved. I mean, the the best thing you can do is do your own research, become informed, and if you feel necessary, write your congressman. Either way, uh, it's just something that has become very prevalent in social media platforms and was brought to my attention as a subject matter to be. Uh, brought forth so that that was my position on it um it, it's very dynamic i mean there is so many moving pieces to this thing i'm fortunate that 
you know, as a hunter, um, I have multiple tools in order to be successful. So whether it's a rifle, a shotgun, a bow, um, you know, I've learned trapping. I've never done trapping, but I, I've learned trapping. But and losing those things will lose this opportunity of independence. Like think about it right now. Like right now, I'm not really worried about protein. I got meat in the fridge. You know, my son got a pig this last season, and you know, we still have plenty of that guy in there if you will and i can go out fishing i can do all these things uh you know turkey season getting ready to start put some more protein in the fridge etc etc and that's why these things yes they're scary and whatnot but if the thing about it is what's scary is if you don't get involved if you do not become a part of the process and you just let your elected representative do what they want that's scary. That scares me. That's the stuff that keeps me up at night. Uh, you know, politicians just spouting off and talking heads on TV, they don't scare me. What scares me is citizens not being involved. That's scary. No, ultimately, I mean, that is your right. That is your, you know, in totality, you have a voice, no matter who you are. Obviously, you have to be certain age range to vote and things like that. But, you know, you have an, a voice as an American citizen and you just need to exercise that because if you're not being active in some of these measures, then, you know, you're just as much a part of the problem if it is a problem, you know. So definitely, definitely get involved. Definitely be informed. Definitely be educated on the things that are, you know, transpiring in our nation. Now, as far as the Bowtech 101 stuff, man, I think that's really cool. I, I personally would love to see videos and stuff on there. I know, I know that you, you got to get there. You got some things you got administratively working in, in your life uh, between here and Pennsylvania and jobs and stuff like that. But I think once you kind of get set, that'd be really cool to see um, bring all that together because, you know, listening to all that, visualizing it on top of it would be so much better. There's so many, I mean, I look at a Bowtech at the shop and he's doing all sorts of things and I'm like, yeah, I got those tools, but I don't have that press. I don't have this. And, and the way that they're doing it, they're doing it because they know it. Whereas if I try to do that, like just even after watching, I probably hurt myself. <laughs> so I, uh, my, my point was, and you know, I, I follow a lot of people on YouTube. I, I love YouTube as an entertainment hub, and I think it would be a great opportunity to further expand this podcast into something visual, and you know, give instructionary periods, etc. So I, I want the viewers to comment back. Hey, what do you want to see? How, how do you want to see it? Things like that. So my, my point was, I see a lot of people right now in uh, maybe a confined time that they're like, Hey, I've always wanted to make this tweak or, you know, lower my poundage or I'm at 65 pounds. I, I'm ready to shoot 70 pounds because I've finally developed. I can shoot a hundred reps a day at my poundage efficiently. Maybe I can get that much more kinetic energy out of it. Uh, so, I, I, I definitely wanted to get the people who, you know, may have that, that, that slight inkling of, I think I could do that. I, I definitely know that I have the want and the encouragement to, 
you know, tackle that type of task with my archery setup. So I wanted people to know that it is an, an affordable, um, you know, thing that you can acquire in your home. And it's just like having the necessary tools to rotate tires, to change your brakes. It's, it's not complicated. I think people are just not as informed as they can be or need to be. And I think it's something that just appears daunting, like you said, at the pro shop, because they're tying in uh, serving in a peep site in, you know, less than a minute. And I could show you five different ways to tie in a peep site and what might fit your style the best. So I definitely am. I wanted to just bring to your attention because I know auditorily it's hard. It's like, oh, he's saying all these things and that's way over my head. But hey, if you're out there and you want to shoot a bow or you have a bow and you're like, man, it's been shooting left for years and I don't really know why I keep moving my sight. And it could be shot process. It could be form. It could be you know, line of center with your rest. There's many things we could cover. And I definitely want to work with you guys, you know, over the upcoming months and just kind of bring you content that's going to be, you know, digestible for you, but also efficient for you and something that's going to be, you know, things that you appreciate. So that's kind of where I came out with the Bowtech. You know, one thing too is through this period, because obviously, you know, running doing your own thing and uh, being self-supporting uh, is a good thing. And so you're really looking for things to do. One cool thing, y'all, uh, Modern Carnivore, they are going to have a webinar on March 28th online. You go to the link, it'll be in our show notes, and it'll be on, on Learn to Turkey Hunt. So you can go there. There's also a couple other groups that I saw, a couple other videos, uh, learning videos, how-tos, if you will, that you can check out. So go out there and look at some webinars. This is one I will definitely sign up for and check out. It's so simple. You go to the link, you sign up, and then, bam, you're, you're good to go, and you attend, and you learn. And, and if you even if you are that you know seasoned turkey hunter, I'm pretty sure you're going to learn something because there's always that one extra bit that you're like, man, I never thought about that. We covered scouting. You can go scouting right now is a great chance. You go out into the open outdoors, get away from cooties, and you can go scouting right now. You can go fishing. Maybe you're not even that really, you know, interested in fishing. You should go anyways. You know why? That's food. Um, you can grab, get, get your fish pole too easy. We cover, kind of cover that stuff. Um, there's so many things in the outdoors that you can do. You could just go take a walk. I know a lot of parks have closed and stuff like that. There are places to go. You might have to do a little bit of research, talk to your neighbors, talk to your your local officials, whatnot. But there are places you can go and get away. And what better time to get away than right now? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I think the uh, the key hashtag that everybody's using right now is uh, social distancing. So like Brian said, what better way to exercise that than get out in the, the, the great outdoors, uh, you know, and, and just enjoy it, take it all in. And this is a great opportunity to learn. That's, that's kind of why I brought up, you know, archery to, to just kind of be your own bow tech. It's a great time to get out there and I mean, clean your reels, tear them apart, you know, use a little ballastol to lube them up restring them you know put new line on it via monofilament or poly or braid it doesn't matter just get into your arsenal and make it better and be more efficient in this upcoming season think about too like you know i'm a dad hey great time to get the kids out 
you know, get them, they're probably cooped up from homeschooling and stuff. And some people are loving it. And some people are like, man, this ain't all it's cracked up to be. Uh, you get them outside. Uh, that's a great thing, too. Uh, I'm taking my son either scouting or shooting this weekend. We're going to do that. Uh, we were going to do it last weekend, uh, but it was raining. So I cut him some slack there. Yeah. So I, I gave him a little slack on that one. But want to go back to those uh, events I mentioned. So Top Sail Island Jeep Week is September 18th and the 20th. And the following weekend uh, is Outer Banks Jeep Jam. Um, so check those same same month, September. So check those out. They will be in our show notes. And I highly encourage you guys, uh, wherever those local events are, those Jeep meets and uh, the club meets and, and whatnot, uh, go out to them. Even if you don't off-road or whatever, maybe it's an outdoor show. Uh, get out there. Engage with people. Learn something. Get together. The big thing is bring business back into that local economy because they're absolutely going to need it. And you know what? They're there for you. Be there for them. Thank you all for joining us. Remember, if you have an idea or maybe you'd like to contribute to one of our segments, all you have to do is go to route16.com and select contact and let us know your idea. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com and select contact. Thanks for listening to the Route 16 Grind. We want to thank our amazing sponsors, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, Sea State Coffee, and Route 16 Off-Road for their support. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and more. Just look for Route 16. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X. Or just go to Route16.com. Until next week, plan smart, be safe, and as always, be prepared.